Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello everyone, we're in the book of 1 Samuel today, looking at chapter 11 and chapter 12. So, in chapter 11, then Nahash the Ammonite went up and besieged uh, Jabesh Gilead, and all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, make a treaty with us and we'll serve you. So in other words, here comes the Ammonites. The Ammonites are now coming up, they've sort of anointed Saul as their new king, and now this new king's immediately getting some trouble. So this Ammonite said, On one condition I'll make a treaty with you, that I gouge out all your right eyes, and thus bring disgrace on all Israel. Oh yeah, there's your peace treaty right there, that I let me gouge out all your, your right eyes. So all the men are going to be walking around with gouged out eyes. What a disgrace that's going to be. So he's so confident of a victory so, um, again, Israel's got themselves a bunch of weak leaders. So the elders said, give us seven days that we may send messengers throughout all the territory. Okay? So there, if there's no one uh, to save us, we'll, we'll give ourselves up. So in other words, they're asking for some breathing room. They're trying to find out how to save their hides. So, this, uh, so they sent some messengers and then uh, to Gilead, uh, to Gilbeth of Saul, and they reported the matter in the ears of the people, and all the people wept aloud. Verse 5, Now when Saul was coming up in the field, he was asking, you know, what's going on? And they told him about all this. So verse 7, He took a yoke of oxen and cut them into pieces and sent them throughout all the territory. This was because the Spirit of God had rushed upon Saul when he heard these words, and his anger was greatly kindled. So he cuts up all these oxen and he sends them around saying, Whoever does not come out after Saul and Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. The dread of the Lord fell upon the people. So basically, a whole bunch of people came out. 300,000 uh, of Israel and um, 30,000 of the men of Judah. They came out and um, they go into battle with Saul Verse 11, And the next day Saul put the people in three companies, and they came into the midst of the camp in the morning, watched, and struck down the Ammonites until the heat of the day. And those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. They were ultimately and completely decimated. Verse 12, Then the people said to, to Samuel, 
Who is it that said Saul shall reign over us? You know, question mark. Bring these men that we may put them to death. In other words, the people were overwhelmed that they've got themselves a good leader. But Saul said, Not a man shall be put to death this day, for today the Lord has worked salvation in Israel. So um, they sacrificed some peace offerings before the Lord, and there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. So chapter 11 concludes on a high note. Chapter 12 begins, Samuel says to all Israel, Behold, I have obeyed you. He's given a retirement speech now. Your voice and all that you have said to me and have made a king over you. In other words, I've done my job. Now behold, a king walks before you, and I'm old and gray. And here I am, testify against me, verse 3, before the Lord and before his anointed. So in other words, have I done anything wrong to anybody because I'm stepping down? If so, I'd like to know so that I can make it right. This is how righteous Samuel is right now. Testify before the Lord and his anointed king. Have I taken anybody's oxen or donkey or defrauded anybody, oppressed anybody, have taken a bribe or anything like that? Testify against me and I will restore it to you. Verse 4, they said, You have not defrauded us or oppressed us or taken anything from any man's hand. So, as McGee says, you know, it takes a really righteous guy to, to have no critics in society. But he didn't have any critics. And they said, He is witness. And Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness who appointed Moses and Aaron. And then he gives them a little history lesson of how the Lord uses Mo, used Moses and Aaron to bring him out of the land of Egypt and then defeated the Ammonites. And now down to verse 3, And behold, the king whom you've chosen, for whom you've asked, behold, the Lord has set a king over you. Verse 14, If you will fear the Lord and serve Him and obey His voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, and if both of you and the King who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your King. And then he says, Now therefore stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Isn't it amazing? McGee said Samuel could literally preach up a storm. Hard act to follow there. And uh, But he's warning him. He's saying, look, you guys asked for a king. You didn't trust the Lord. That was, you know, your sin is great. And you guys need to, you've got your king, but you need to work on your following God's commandments. Because if even though you have a king, he's warning him, you're still in great danger if you don't follow the Lord. And... It will be rough on you and your king if you don't follow the Lord. And then he said, uh, For the Lord, um, do not be afraid. Verse 20, 
You have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from the following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for Himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good in the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. He gives them a really stern warning, doesn't he? And he tells them, Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray. McGee makes the point that that's how important prayer for one another is. We need to be praying for one another. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to Matali as we continue our study through this fascinating book of 1 Samuel. And so from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. <coughs> we'll see you here next time. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1 Samuel, beginning at chapter 11 all the way through to chapter 12, verses 1 through to verse 25. So in our last study yesterday, we said, you know, a couple of harsh things about King Saul, but we didn't have sufficient ground for this at that time, which we had actually pointed out that later on, we're going to have sufficient ground for it. So we made um, suspicion on his genuineness that he was an actor and not a good king. So he had... You know, but so he had a good beginning when he started out. The people of Israel chose looks over his true character, and we'll see his true character come out as we go further on and gain momentum. So scripture reads, chapter 11, verse 1, Then Nahash, and the, sorry, then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh, Gilead, and all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. Verse 2, And Nahash, the Ammonite, answered them, On this condition, I will make a covenant with you, that I may put out all your right eyes and bring reproach to all Israel. Verse 3, The elders of Jabesh said to him, Hold off for seven days, that we may send messengers to all the territory of Israel, and then if there is no one to save us, we will come out to you. <clears throat> so this is an ugly demand that Nahash makes, um, and it's made upon the children of Israel, and they actually need deliverance. Verse 4 goes on to read, so the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and told the news in the hearing of the people. And all the people lifted their voices and wept. So this, you know, is what happened after they were told what Nah 
Hash had actually told them. Because the people were afraid. Verse 6 goes on to read. I'll drop down to verse 6 actually. Yeah. Which reads, Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news and was angry. Oh, and his anger was greatly aroused. Verse 7. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them into in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers saying, Whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out with one consent. So here, Samuel began out pretty well. So, and we can see Samuel identifies himself with, sorry, Saul began out pretty well. And as we can see, he first identified himself with Samuel because at this particular time, the name of Saul could obviously not have stood alone. And the people came from fear of Saul, not only from fear of Saul, rather, from fear of the Ammonites as well and what they would actually do to them. Dropping down to verse 11, it reads, So it was on the next day, that Saul put the people in three companies and they came out into the midst of the camp in the morning watch and killed Ammonites until the heat of the day. And it happened that those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. So Saul put here, like scripture reads, three companies. And they really actually scattered the Ammonites, each man fleeing on his own. So you couldn't find like two Ammonites together. They all fled. Verse 12 goes on to read. Then the people said to Samuel, Who is he who said, Shall so reign over us? Bring the men, and that we may put them to death. So, you know, there was opposition. This we didn't like Saul. There was opposition to Saul on the part of some. But Samuel actually ignored that opposition until the nation was united. Um, so back of Saul, that's uh, why Samuel just put aside all the rebellion and the rumors. And now the opposition is dealt with here. Um, just finish off reading verse 13 and 14, which read, But Saul said, Not a man shall be put to death this day, for today the Lord has accomplished salvation in Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgah and renew the kingdom there. Verse 15, So all the people went to Gilgah, and there they made Saul king before the Lord, of Gil before the Lord in Gilgah. There they made sacrifices of peace offering before the Lord. And there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. So, you know, all Israel now accepted Saul as king. So now we get to chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 1 goes on to read, Now Samuel said to all Israel, Indeed, I have heeded your voice in all that you said to me and have made a king over you. So this is what we have here is the swan song of Samuel. He gives his autobiography. So he was a remarkable man and was succeeded by Saul. And Saul was Israel's choice. But God's choice, we shall see, was not Saul. It was David. But God still 
blesses the people if they obey him. And God will give Saul every opportunity to bless him if he actually obeys them. So verse 2, go on to read. And now here is the king walking before you, and I am old and gray-haired, also and gray-headed, and look, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. So Samuel was giving his one son, and he's brought up in the tabernacle, you know, in this fishbowl where everybody approached him and everybody knows him. So he lived his life before the people, very public life. And he talks, you know, of his sons, obviously on a sad note. He says, you know, I have sons. And he did try to actually, you know, kind of succeed him but it didn't work because he was a failure as a father but he was um a very good man as a judge and as um yeah as a prophet so he talks of his son and he had actually tried to put them in in position but god wouldn't actually have them and they were not acceptable to god because they were taking up bribes and they were corrupt and all verse three goes on to read they were just like Eli's sons the sweet goes on to read here I am witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed whose ox have I taken or whose donkey have I taken or whom have I cheated whom have I oppressed or from or from whom whose hand have I received any bribe with which is blind with with which to blind my eyes i will restore it to you so here he's giving us his autobiography his life history and he gives a great statement here it's a great statement to make for someone who actually lived before the public's eyes so he had many opportunities that samuel in that place to become rich but he didn't he is one of the great men of the word of God but he's a failure as a father and his sons were failures verse 4 goes on to read and they said you have not cheated us or pressed us or have um, you taken anything from any man's hands so here we see nobody stepped out to speak against him. And this is something that you never find even today. You know, a man may have lived like a normal, straightforward life. And he comes up and gives this, um, gives this, um, you know, speech and says, you know, have defrauded anyone or cheated anyone or anything, you know, or, 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 you know, anything of the like, you know, stand up and say it. And you have, you, today you can't have a situation where someone says, no, you haven't done it. Verse 6, to read. Um, then Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who, really, who raised, um, it's the Lord who raised up, it is the Lord who raised up Moses and Aaron and who brought your fathers up from the land of Egypt. So Samuel continues like, you know, all men of God uh, that's were made great with the history of the people. So he actually 
rehearses it. You know, Joshua, they have Joshua, you know, the men who were made great by the Lord. Joshua, Moses, Gideon, Stephen in the New Testament. And now here, Samuel is at the rock, Ebenezer. And, you know, he is looking towards the future. But first, he actually talks about the past. And this is what we have. These men I just mentioned, they actually went back to the past. For you, So for you to actually know where you're at and where you're going, you're supposed to know where you're coming from. And that's the past. And he is actually here near the rock, Ebenezer, and remembering how far God has led them. Dropping down to verse 13. And it reads, Now therefore, here is the king whom you have chosen and whom you have desired and take note the Lord has set a king over you. So he now moves to their presence, he's from their past. Now he moves to their present and state their condition. So Samuel makes it clear that Saul was the people's choice because it says he is the king whom you have chosen. So he makes it clear that Saul was the people's choice and not God's choice. So the voice of the majority, that's the people, is a voice. doesn't always necessarily mean it's the voice of God. But the Bible actually contradicts it. That generally it's the minority that the voice of God um, carries forth. So God has always moved in that direction in scripture. Martin Luther King's statement, and I like the statement. Um... Martin Luther King Jr. said, one with God is the majority. So the people wanted Saul. God chose David instead. And usually, you know, the popular choice is not really always God's choice. You know, we may want, want, want as his children. Because we feel that's what's best for us. But God knows best. So God's choice is not always amongst the popular choices. Dropping down to verse 14. It reads... If you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and the king will reign. Sorry, over you will continue following the Lord, your God. So, because it's the, because the people chose God, God will not reject so God will forgive him and so so God will not forgive him sorry God will give him a chance that's Saul verse 15 goes on to read however if you do not obey the voice of the Lord but rebel against the commandment of the Lord then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers so um, at this time Samuel tells it as it is that if they obey God they will receive their blessings they will be blessed even if they made this particular choice of a king for themselves and he says if they don't don't obey God they will sorry God won't bless them <clears throat> verse 16 I'll read through all the way to verse 18. It says, Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. 
Is today not the wheat harvest? I will call the Lord and he will send thunder and rain that you may perceive and see that your wickedness is great which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking the king for yourselves. Verse 18 So Samuel called to the Lord um, So Samuel called to the Lord sent thunder and rain that day and all the people greatly feared the Lord um, and Samuel so this is God's seal upon Samuel's life. So Samuel was God's choice, actually. Verse 19 doesn't read. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants of Lord your God, that we may not die, for we have added to all us. Sorry. Um, that we may not die, for we have added to all our sins the evil of asking a king for ourselves. So they um they actually uh they asked for a king and another part of these people this was sin. So it was actually rejecting God and wanting someone to rule over them like the other nations about them. Verse twenty reads then samuel said to the people do not fear you have done all this wickedness yet do not yet do not turn aside from the following if do not turn aside from following the lord your god but serve the lord with all your heart so here, you know, if we ha- should relate this to us, you know, um, don't let your past sins spoil other people's lives. Sorry, don't let your past sins spoil your lives, spoil your life. Don't let the past destroy the future for you and ruin the present so um you know yeah so don't let the past destroy your life um just lean on god today and trust him and um lean on him verse 21 goes on to read and do not turn aside from then you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. We're supposed to hold on to God. We're supposed to hold on to the Lord. We're supposed to leave all the tricks and gimmicks alone. And today we have, which is sad, as I realize, we have the church experimenting, experimenting actually with. Um, with gimmicks and methods and they don't actually realize it's actually God who's um actually don't realize um it's just God who alone can bless and we need to actually hold on to his word 
So the word of the Lord today needs to be proclaimed and not explained. So we would proclaim the word of God. Verse 22 goes on to read, For the Lord will not forsake his people for... Um, so the Lord will actually... Not forsake his people. And we are to rest in him and he will not forsake you and me. So God chose you and me and that's enough. We should rejoice in this. Verse 23. Moreover, as for me... Um, Far be it from me, yet um, far be it from me, and I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you, um, but I will teach you the good and the right way. So it's wonderful to actually pray for others, and each one of us, one thing should remember we have a prayer responsibility. Um, and we should always pray for the people around us, our family, our colleagues. Um, we should always pray for them because we have a prayer responsibility for them. Verse 24, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you and me. Amen. The Lord has done great things, great and marvelous things. Verse 25, but if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Okay, so this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.